Yesterday, the federal court ruled that Canada and the U.S. Safe Third Country Agreement is unconstitutional. I'd like to bring in our guest, Giddy Mammon, immigration lawyer, to talk about this. Good morning, Kelly. Okay, so what are the broad strokes of the ruling? Uh, basically, this is an agreement between Canada and the United States that was uh, implemented back in 2004. It was very controversial. And the effect of it is to try to avoid uh, refugees making a claim both in Canada and the United States. Uh, Canada was at that time uh, facing uh, an unprecedented number of uh, refugee claims. And what they, they thought of doing is, look, if somebody arrives in the United States, they should be making the claim in the United States. They shouldn't be able to make the claim there, and if it doesn't work out, come to Canada. So they want to prevent the uh, two kicks at the can thing. Uh, and uh, the effect of that was, of course, um, we got a lot less refugees because a lot of refugees come from the United States. Uh, so what the court said yesterday is that this agreement is unconstitutional because basically we're pushing back people to the states where we know that they will be incarcerated as a punitive measure and they will undergo, uh, they will suffer harsh conditions there. So that's in a nutshell what the situation is. How did the law come to be challenged? Well, this isn't the first uh, crack at the uh, safe third country agreement. Uh, it's been a sore point. Uh, in, in fact, uh, it's not with hindsight, but at the time that it was passed, I knew that it would never survive. I'm just surprised that it survived this long. Because really, we have an agreement with the international community, which can't be usurped by an agreement with the United States. When we signed the 1951 convention, we said to the international community that we will be responsible to uh, conduct a hearing for anyone who ends up on our shores uh, and give them a chance to make their refugee claim if they uh, fear persecution in their country. So by implementing this decision, we said, look, uh, we, we feel that the United States is safe enough and if they're willing to do a hearing and uh, conduct a hearing, we're okay with that. We are absolving ourselves of responsibility towards that refugee claimant. So, like I said, uh, this isn't the first time uh, lawyers have tried to uh, take this thing down, but uh, finally it, it, it came down. Uh, of, of course, the effect has been suspended for six months because it would be chaos uh, if the ruling took immediate effect. But uh, uh, there you have it. Okay, so now it's in the government's hands. What are their options? Their options are not great. Um, it's, it would be very difficult to see the current government not appeal the decision. First of all, it was very critical of the United States. It, it, the judge basically accepted that it's not just sort of a, um, an accident that people end up in, in, in incarcerated uh, in the United States after being turned back by Canada. They, the judge said that this is a punitive measure, that they are be, being put in jail as a punishment and they're being put into solitary confinement as a punishment. Uh, they're given harsh conditions. They don't get uh, uh, proper food. They don't get uh, heat. They don't get, uh, um, uh, you know, the right to call their lawyers. So uh, the, the judge ruled that this is something uh, that is not just a casual, incidental uh, uh, repercussion. This is a punitive way of handling refugees in the United States, and therefore uh, we simply can't do that. So could the government come up with a new law or can they can they create one or do they have to if they decide, OK, well, the safe third country agreement is uh, causing us a real headache. Could they try and would they have to work with the U.S. on a new agreement? I don't think it's the agreement uh, 
um, there, there's two parts of it. First of all, the, uh, the agreement per se, I think, is problematic. I don't think you can uh, assign your obligations, your international obligations. But number two, there is an obligation um, that we keep tabs on the United States performance, an ongoing review of the U.S. immigration system to make sure that they're always on side and that they're meeting our Canadian immigration standards. Now, uh, we've all known for, for years that it's a lot easier to make a refugee claim in Canada than it, it is in the U.S. I mean, our success rate is much higher. So uh, where we are now is that really you would sort of have to argue that the United States system is now uh, okay. And I don't think that Canada is going to be in a position or lawyers are going to be uh, in a position to argue that for some time because the conditions there right now are, are, are pretty pretty difficult, according to... Yeah, the, kids uh, in cages doesn't do uh, well for your argument, does it? Well, you know, uh, I do a lot of detention work. I've seen kids in Canada detained for years. Um, it's always a difficult situation because when you have uh, people who are coming to a country and they have nowhere... Uh, nobody to post a bond for them or something, they end up detained. And this kids in cages thing has uh, taken off. And the conditions, look, admittedly, they appear very difficult. Um, But in this situation, uh, it's so difficult that the judge concluded that the agreement is invalid uh, because it's a threat to the life, liberty and security of the people that we turn back to the United States. All right, I, I'm running out of time here, Giddy, very quickly uh, before my technical producer uh, gets really angry at me for breaking into the news. Um, will this? Will we see people that have been turned away back to the United States coming up and saying, well, I need to be, because of this ruling, uh, you need to look at my case again? Uh, I, I think so. I think it's going to be um, a, a normal uh, and regular occurrence. We are going to see an increase in refugee claims being made at the Canadian border, at the land border, uh, for sure. Um, the, the government has, you know, a certain amount of time to appeal this decision, and uh, we'll see if they do and uh, if it's upheld. Um, but it's going to create some difficulties with us in the United States, that's for sure. Giddy, thank you so much for your time today. Always a pleasure talking to you. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.